0: Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel. I will be providing your shovels today. I am Dusty Tunnel. Recording from Cypress Park, which is not Glendale, California. And if you thought it was Glendale, California, you're an idiot. You are a stupid person. It is Cypress Park, 3.8 miles south of Glendale, you moron. Um... Recording with my uh, dog making a lot of noise right next to me, a neighbor dog barking, and um, yeah, this this is going to be a fantastic intro. Uh, I'm here in Cypress Park uh, recording some more Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel Podcast with some friends in LA, um, and I'm also doing another podcast that will eventually lead to me not being able to host the Oscars. Uh, that is called That's Offensive. Uh, spelled U-H-F-F-E-N-S-I-V-E, uh, with my friend Sean Corey and uh, my acquaintance Michael Timmermeyer. Um, this episode of Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel was uh, not a super fun, funny one, but it was a fun conversation with a active member of the political party uh, entitled Libertarian Party. Um, it's with my friend, John Prosser, who, uh, grew up with me in high school. And when I knew him in high school, he was very much punk rock, uh, anti-government, uh, anti-establishment, anti-political parties, anti-perspirant. Uh, if he was a syrup, he was anti-Jamama. There was a movie made about him. Starring Paul Rudd called Anti-Man, um, Anti-Panty, Anti-Whatever. Uh, so he was very anti-establishment, and uh, in this podcast he sort of dis- uh, discusses his evolution into what is now him being a libertarian. Basically, he says just don't take his shit and don't hurt him and then do whatever else you want, which, I don't know, seems pretty, uh, seems pretty fair. It just reminded me of a joke. I I think it would be funny if they made a movie called Ant-Man, but it was spelled A-U-N-T, man, and it starred Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know if that would be good or not, but uh, write it down, and maybe it's funny if you do that. Um, I'm not doing anything. Uh, I don't have any plans with uh, comedy. Um, I have written a few new jokes that I'm planning on trying at an open mic sometime soon, but no actual, like, shows scheduled, so, uh, sorry about that, uh, but definitely check out Offensive, uh, U-H-F-F-E-N-S-I-V-E, um, on North Park Radio or Podbean, um, I think it's, uh, offensive.podbean.com is where you can find that one, um, yeah, so without further ado, this is John Prosser talking about his role in the Libertarian Party. Yeah! <laughs> and now we're live. We're recording right now. Cool. It's crazy, right? Yeah. How that goes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, I want to jump right into it, uh, but I know that you're. Well, I guess we. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, uh, Beth was telling me that you're really involved in the Libertarian Party and you like go to conferences and stuff like that. Or yeah, actually, like just
1: I actually just got involved this past year. Okay, um, that's cool. It's been it's been really cool. Yeah, um, I actually uh, I emailed. The state party to see because I wanted I wanted to get involved. I, I I became a member where you can just basically pay your dues, get your membership card, and that's it. Um, but I emailed them to see if there were, if if I could get involved in in the convention, which was in April this this year. And um, yeah, it just worked out. I, I they had me working the registration table, and I met like everybody, pretty much all the. Anybody but, who's you know somewhat prominent in the, at the state level, and even even some uh-huh. of the national people were there too as speakers. Oh, that's cool. So I got involved really quick. It just happened fast. Yeah. And uh, I mean, got to know people right away. Yeah, it sounds like it was easy. By the, time yeah. I, by the time I drove home after that weekend, I already knew a lot of people. I was already kind of kind of got my feet wet in the whole thing. I I really didn't know what to expect either. So, uh, but it's been a really good experience.
2: Yeah.
0: What uh, I, um so historically what uh what have your political views been? Like, let's, let's say, let's just start in high school and then like move on from there. Like, have you bounced around left to right a little bit? Definitely.
1: Or, yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a really good start because yeah. I remember, um, in high school, uh, you know, it was president Bush and the beginning yeah. of the war in Iraq. Yeah. That was the first
0: president I voted for. And I'm not like saying I'm proud of it necessarily. I just, that's the, First president I voted for, though. Yeah, so. it
1: was the first time we we could vote. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was kind of fun turning 18 and being a, being able to get involved and have our voice heard and everything. And mm-hmm. um, so I really wasn't a Republican or a Democrat um, by default at all. I you know I was kind of a rebel in high school, so I didn't necessarily follow whatever whatever I was brought up to, to think. Yeah. So this um, was um... so it wasn't necessarily a rebellion on on purpose, but.
0: So this was uh, the 2000. Well, I'm thinking the first, the first uh, um, election I voted in was 2004 because that, that I turned 18 after I graduated high school.
1: Um, yeah. So that would be the election you're talking about, right? The um, 2004 election. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of. I was. Well, you said starting in high school, so I was kind of thinking probably before. Yeah. B- before even turning 18. So okay. just kind of following politics, but just by watching. I was by watching the news, paying attention to what was going on. Yeah, um, a lot of my friends were pretty far left. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in the whole punk rock scene and everything, and yeah, so punk rock, and so like punk rock uh, rebellion, anarchy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of where I was at at that moment, at least. But I also had strong conservative roots. Yeah, um, and I remember during um, the Bush years being really anti-war, and I actually uh, remember one of my one of the really cool experiences I had during that time was, um, I took it, took a road trip to San Francisco with a couple of friends and we were at a big protest in the streets right before the invasion of Iraq.
0: Wow. Wow, So it was kind
1: of like an anti, um, establishment, anti-government kind of moment for me. And, Um, I just, I assume since, you know, since the Republican was the president and we were protesting, that that must make me a a leftist. Right. Yeah. So I I guess in high school, I started out pretty far left. Yeah.
0: I feel like I kind of fell into that same sort of... scenario too but it took me a little bit longer it was like once i got into my 20s and i had moved away from my from home and everything and i you know watched some conspiracy theory videos and stuff like that and it was Mm -hmm. like bush was president so that's kind of was my my thought was like oh it's the republican party that's like you know they're they're profiting off of war and all these different things yeah yeah
1: it's interesting to hear uh, because um fast forward a little bit to the to the Obama years, you know, I I was, I started to see things from the the complete other side. And I think a lot of what I was hearing and and feeling, uh, during the Bush years, it was kind of anti-establishment was, was all, was true. There was a lot of truth to it. Yeah. And then it happened again when we had the other party. Right. Right. It it was a lot of the same. So it was kind of like, well, you know, I I thought I was, I thought I was on the left. Yeah. Until we had, until we had a pretty far left president, one of the farthest left presidents we've had in a long time. Yeah. And then I started siding with the tea party and and that Uh whole, I I didn't really join a movement, but I kind of just was following, just paying attention, just. Yeah. And learning a lot and started to see a lot of where the, where the right was coming from during Mm -hmm. those years. So I really swung far left, swung far right. But um, like, uh, I kind of found that it's really not the left or the right that, that I'm on. Yeah. It's more of just, it's more of my, my beef with. Right.
0: Like the interesting thing is you say you, you were swinging left and right, but it's really, you weren't moving. It's just, uh, it's just your perspective, your perspective was changing. Right. Because it's not like your Mm -hmm. views changed necessarily.
1: Right. And I think my views have evolved a lot. And I think that's, I think it's important to kind of, Keep that yeah. evolution through your whole yeah, adult absolutely. life. Yeah, um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Like uh, Brian Hample, for instance, I interviewed him yesterday, and uh, when he was in high school, he was um an adamant. He was saying he was adamant about socialism and co- commun communism, like, mm-hmm. and you know he'd like references rage against the machine and Che Guevara. But uh, it's funny, he said that in high school he actually was reading the co- uh, Communist Manifesto hmm. and getting like super deep into it. And then it's like with age is what you know really kind of changed his perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. age and, and experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, I, like, I can see it, you know. Like, and I like it's it's kind of what makes, and, and I, I'm in the same boat as you. was. Like, I, like I feel like we really kind of took a pretty similar route because um, uh, started out sort of a with like conservative in high school or right out of high school just because like I knew that's what my family voted and how they felt. And then once I got it like away from home and I started like, you know, getting into this like kind of conspiracy theory stuff Mm -hmm. that like every 20 year old male, like white male gets into or whatever, you know, (laughs) just kind of inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it was like, (laughs) oh, and then, you know, like, you know, Bush was president at the time and it was like, oh, so, you know, the Republicans are just a bunch of war hawks trying to make money. And then, you know, so I, I swing left and I really liked Obama, although I didn't vote for him. I think
1: I voted for Ron Paul that mm. election, actually. Um, I would have a lot more l- points in the Libertarian Party if I said I voted for Ron Paul in that yeah, election. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I uh, you know, like I started out super strong. um with Obama. And then I just, you know, Ron Paul came on, came in hot in that election. Like he was, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he was like on fire and I really was liking the things he said. So that's, that's kind of through, you know, how I threw my vote that way. And then I think it was like Gary Johnson, the next one. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I definitely have a, it's interesting. Um, because I, I feel like that's kind of what a lot of our generation has done is swing back and forth and then like settle somewhere in the middle, which is sort of libertarian, you know, like,
1: yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I, I hope that, I hope that continues to be the case too. Cause yeah. I really think that after watching the last election, uh, you know, in 2016 that our country is getting to a point now where the, the left, right thing's not going to hold up forever. Right. Yeah. Dude, if you Donald Trump that, is,
0: is definitely a result of some like some, people wanting something different. Yeah. And maybe it is yeah. our
1: generation. Maybe it is, yeah. you know, as we have come of age and as we eventually kind of take over like the boomers did you mm-hmm. know, a couple generations ago, maybe, maybe that'll be the result. Maybe, maybe the political system will just radically change.
0: Yeah. Do you kind of get the sense that that's kind of where it's going or are you? I,
1: I've, I've been feeling it a little bit and that's kind of why I decided to start getting involved in politics. Yeah. Uh, you know, before it was just an interest of mine that I just kind of followed from a distance Yeah. besides yeah. voting, you know, and reading articles, yeah. you know, the watching
0: quiet majority as they say.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, but I decided, I, I just had this, this strong feeling that there was a, I, I've heard it called the libertarian moment, but to me, I see it as a, as a, as an opportunity where, uh, you know, people were, people on the left and the right were really fed up with the system. Um, and just fed up with a two party duopoly, um, during the last election and it almost came down to Bernie Sanders against Trump, which are two radically, um, almost almost seem like polar opposite candidates, but they're not because they were both populists. They were both right tapping into the fact that the, the American public is fed up with people like Clinton and Bush. Yeah, yeah, and that they don't want that yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah, they're two people that were fighting for the people, or at least that's kind of right. What that's they the were way presenting. it was seen, and yeah, I, a lot of yeah. my
1: old friends. Um, it's, it's funny because I. I've scrolled through my Facebook feed sometimes and, and, and wondered sometimes how do I have, how do I have all these Marxists on here? Right. Yeah. But then I remember where I came from. A lot of my, a lot of my old friends are, are from rock and roll and, you know, yeah. from the left leaning perspective, they see things and then they, they, they see socialism as, uh, well, they just see it as more for, like,
0: there's, there's, uh, well, I, and i don't mean to interrupt you but i the, the way i kind of see it is they, they see like um like a there's there's definitely an a higher hierarchy um it, in the system that we currently have right and like uh like whether it's right or wrong the way that they're seeing it is that it's it's unfair and i think that like socialism or marxism is like a way to balance it like to bring it uh, like right. bring the two ends a little bit closer together,
1: which is, which is what it's always been. I mean, that, yeah. that the ideas, the ideas of Marx have just, they just never die. Cause right, yeah, it, it's just so, it's so powerful. It's really, really hard to combat. And yeah. as a libertarian, I mean, in, within the party and with a lot of the people I associate with now, I mean, they, they almost see, I think they probably do. If I can speak for some of them, see um, Marxism as kind of our enemy because you can't get any farther away from liberty than, than the result of, of you know communism, total yeah. government control. I mean, that's the the obvious enemy of liberty. Right. Right. But, like, the, but I can sympathize with it so much because I do have friends that see it that way. And I've, I've actually seen things from that perspective myself.
0: Yeah. It's like your fun friend when he starts dating that controlling girlfriend, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I don't do it. You know, Yeah, <laughs> like, don't, yeah. Don't, fall, <laughs> don't fall into that it's trap. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It start Yeah. It starts out like she's cool. And she's like, Oh no, no. Like I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you all this, all this stuff. But then like, exactly. you, you, yeah, slowly submit your, your freedom tour, and, and there's a uh, lot of
1: people that just don't even really pay that much attention to politics anyway. So when they right. hear somebody who looks good and says a lot of things they like to hear, mm-hmm. I mean that's all they're listening to, yeah, and they're not yeah. they're not following, they're not digging into it every every day like some like some people do. Yeah, and there's a
0: historical aspect to it that um, I think a lot of people are too lazy. Maybe is the not the right word, but just there, you know, it's it takes a lot of work and um, and a uh, lot of uh what is the word like you've got to be really open to um to criticizing yourself when reading that type of history yeah, i guess definitely uh, it is is the way to put it and um you know and i but i i also think that's why these like characters like jordan peterson and um Ben Shapiro and some of these like uh, people that you would consider, I guess, conservative but more of a libertarian voice, mm-hmm. are coming on strong because they're, you know, they're. I, I think they're kind of um, exposing the the faults in in that kind of logic. So, although, like, so, especially someone like Ben Shapiro is like,
1: you know, he's a little bit rough. Oh he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's hard he's, to,
0: hard to listen to sometimes, but.
1: Yeah. But he's just so good at breaking it down into, into logic and reason mm-hmm. where you just take all the emotions out yeah. and then you have what's left. And yeah. It's just, it's like, he's
0: like a, he's like a robot Jew. Like just, <laughs> just
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, like you just throw like, like, uh, Orthodox Judaism in into a robot and like you've got Ben Shapiro. So yeah. But, uh, well, but I can uh, see why he's, like, he's rough to listen to uh, from the other side, you know. Like, the, the biggest thing with him is, uh, like, I do agree with a lot of things he, he says, although, um, like, uh, you know, I'm, I actually, I've always, from early on in college, I've always considered myself left, and I don't, I haven't really changed a lot of my views. It's just, like, the political climate has changed so much that, like, I find myself, sort of like you were saying, you know, not like, a, like I swang in that way, but for, like, some reason I'm, I'm finding myself more aligned with the right, although I am, like, pro-choice, pro-gay marriage, anti-war, you know, like, historical liberal views. Um, and, and, um, and a lot of them are not aligned with somebody like Ben Shapiro, but right. I love listening to him because he, you know, he just throws so much, like you were saying, logic or or whatever, and into the, uh, into the mix. And it's like, it, it challenges me, even like if he says something that I don't agree with, it challenges me to figure out why I like, I
1: think the way that I do, which is important. Yeah. And that's a healthy thing too. I think it's, it's awesome that you allow yourself to listen to the other side and
0: yeah. So, um, so you, got, uh, so you got involved with the Libertarian Party, and it was, uh, it was kind of because you were fed up with the left, right, or, like, you just weren't sure, uh, like, what was going
1: on, and
0: it was easier to join. And what
1: are you doing now with it? Okay, so I found out pretty, pretty early on that Tulare County didn't have a whole lot going on, and, and the way the, the party operates is it's not just top-down from the national level. You don't just join the party and then get involved at the top. I mean, they they really they really want to have, and I, I'm pretty sure that all political parties operate pretty much the same way. It's just the first time I've ever really been part of this kind of organization, but they but they really operate at the county level, and our county, Tulare County, just didn't really have an affiliate. I mean, they apparently they they did at one point, and somehow it fell by the wayside. So uh, there was a guy who was interim chair, and uh, another another. Um, one of, my, one of my, my best contacts I have from the party actually lives d- just down the street in Kings County. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. and he's actually really involved at the the state and national level, and he chairs different committees and things like that. So uh, so he brought me on to kind of help organize Tulare County. So okay. we started up the party. We uh, Basically, we had to go through the, the motions. We had to write a set of bylaws, um, get that approved by the state party. And you helped we had to with vote all this. on And I helped with all that stuff. Oh, so that's it's a cool. lot of just... Yeah. yeah, it was some organiz- organizational stuff. Yeah, I mean um, that's a, that's some good experience though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was, it, it, it was all it all worked out in good timing for me because I, I was able to kind of take a lot of what I've learned in my professional life over the last just couple of years and kind of put that into practice. You know, because I'm I'm part of a management team uh, at the company I work for, and so I get to see uh, you know reporting, finances, uh, strategic management, marketing pretty much every aspect of things and then when we do our there's a lot of regulatory paperwork that i deal with so i I was able to put a lot of those skills into um you know start to our our county affiliate and be able to make some of that happen so cool so we did officially affiliate um there's not a whole lot to brag about as far as any stuff going on in the valley yet that i've really been part of but i have been um just going to different, different conferences and events. And there was a, there was a training conference recently for uh, all of Northern California and the, the party chairs, you know, the, the, it was a leader, a leadership summit really. Okay. So
0: do you, uh, do you get a sense um, that the party or movement is growing on a bigger level? Um, Even though it's not, maybe you don't see it so much locally, but like, like just on a bigger level. Do you it definitely like it's, is.
1: Yeah. It's pretty widespread and it's been, it's actually the fastest growing political party. Okay. So, yeah.
0: You know what I really like about, uh, uh, people who identify as libertarians is there's a libertarian left and libertarian, right? Yeah. Which is cool because it really incorporates both sides. It's kind of taking the people who are centrist and like giving them a home almost, you know, because like yeah. a lot of, like a, pot, a lot of people who identify in the center right or center left don't want to be associated with the extremes, right? Like right, nobody wants to be exactly. a, a white nationalist, right? But I, at the same time, there's a lot of people that don't want to be Marxist or like uh, don't believe in, in, in intersectionality or, or things like that. So like there's a big, right. there's a really big group of people, and um, which I which I think you can see with like, you know the this uh, the, you know the IDW the inner intellectual dark web have you heard that term you know Mm -hmm. like those people because they're all you know they're the they're they all have different political views but they're they're center enough to have enough in common to like yeah and they can agree on
1: like 90 percent of the topics it's so interesting to listen to these guys talk to each other because i was watching a uh, there was a there's a four-hour um kind of more or less a debate between jordan peterson and sam harris oh yeah so you know you got an atheist and a, and a believer yeah, yeah um and they weren't even arguing for the right. most part they, they they i mean you would think they, they have worldviews that are completely opposite but when it comes down to the the everyday beliefs on most practical issues they yeah. they see things pretty much the same way they're so uh we just really break it down into logic and reason you can be a libertarian and you can be right-leaning. You can be left-leaning. You can be socially conservative, mm-hmm. meaning that, you know, you have high st- standards for, for moral and ethical issues. Like yeah. like a lot of what you would maybe associate with the Republicans and the right. Yeah. Be religious, but, be I, atheist, but then you can yeah. be, you can be anything. I mean, you can yeah.
0: like what it comes down to, I guess, basically is just um, limited government. And then it's just like uh, what that actually means to, you know, like, like even when you say li- limited government there's still like an amount of government government like that uh can be discussed so right right. Exactly. so and then and then at the same and then you know like um religion like um there's the bl- like believers or not believers but they uh, everybody can kind of agree on like at least the government part of it and then uh i think the the biggest uniting thing right now is the is speech Oh, yeah. I, that's, like, the, the uniter right now, um, uh, it, especially when you look at, like, when you can bring somebody, um, like, a Ben Shapiro on his um, podcast or show or whatever had Sam Harris on, and, and like, that's how that happens is, like, is there... They're united through um, the idea of freedom of speech. Exactly, like, they do not agree on really anything. That's really something that's just been <laughs> lacking. That, that's something yeah.
1: that's that's been has been yeah. challenged. And yeah. and it used to be the left that was that was fighting for freedom of speech. It used yeah, to be the left that weird. was p- yeah. kind of pushing, you know, pushing to be able to say more on the radio and show more on TV. And it was the the right that was pushing back against that, mm-hmm. saying that you're you're destroying family values, you're destroying, uh, you're you're throwing away ethics and and all this stuff, but it was the right that was pushing back and they were wanting the government to kind of step in and kind of be the, the moral police for everybody. Right. But if you look at it from a libertarian perspective, you can be as good of a person as you want to be. No government's not going to stop you from being a good person. You've right. And a limited government is not going to keep you from being a good person either. Yeah. It should be on you. And
0: if if anything like a forced morality kind of creates immorality, I think it does. And you can
1: see so many examples. I think, I think just understanding history is so important because, I mean, American history only goes back 250 years, but a lot has happened here. And then if you go back even further than that, the original, you know, the uh, you know, the founding fathers, which basically their views now are called what's called classic liberal. Right. I mean, right. they were liberals of their time. They were, they wanted religious freedom. A majority of, of the people in America, in the colonies at the time, were Christians. So there's a really strong really really strong christian roots in america mm-hmm. but to say that the country was founded on christianity is still wrong because these were liberals that believed that if you impose religious beliefs on the people you have all the kinds of problems which they saw coming from england where the church right, of england yeah. ran everything you know yeah, almost yeah. every society before that had a religious dominating force and you can impress other people with that you can impress your own people you can use it to manipulate manipulate your own people and the classical liberals didn't want anything to do with any of that. So that, so religious freedom, I think is one of the most important things we have in America. Yeah. And I think that works for the left and the right. It works for religious people. It works for of any religion and it works for completely non-religious and atheists too, because yeah. how do you, uh,
0: how do you feel uh, about religion and the role that it plays in, um, in our culture society? Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, a, that's I have a, I have a, play, uh, I have a th- uh, uh, an area we're gonna <laughs> or a, a direction that we're gonna take it. I yeah, just, yeah. just want to start out with that. Yeah, I, I know it's kind of a. Well, there's uh, a lot of a
1: ways to th- dig a hole, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make you sound like an asshole right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, yeah. I figure if we're gonna <laughs> dig holes, we do it pretty quick with <laughs> yeah. politics dig- and religion. Hey,
0: digging holes with Dusty tunnels exactly. is the name of the podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that people, you know, we're twenty three minutes in. I would say that people have a pretty good sense that you um, are are uh, freedom based, and and so like whatever your opinions can be separate from from uh, your re- religious opinions can be separate from your political opinions. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but I, yeah, I'm just curious uh, about what what you think, um, just because uh, there's been a couple some discussions that I've heard uh, um, mainly, uh, you know, in, in these podcasts that I was talking about, like the IDW and, uh, and things. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just was curious. Yeah. Cause
1: you've got like Steven Pinker, who's a, is an atheist, but he's mm-hmm. a very open-minded, very smart guy. who's not going to just bash Christians just because they believe something that he doesn't believe in. Right. Um, Sam Harris, I think, I think he's, he, he s- sometimes seems to like bashing, but it's not really bashing. It's not, it's it's not like the It's criticizing, um, I think, is, yeah, a, is a good yeah, word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's, it's really not bashing in the same way that like Richard Dawkins would have done, you know, where, where it right, comes off as right. abrasive and just kind yeah. of it's anti Christian. You don't have to be you can be an atheist and not be anti Christian. Right, right. And I think
0: that uh Sam Harris kind of he phrases it really well in uh in when when he says like there was that famous like uh Ben Affleck con- uh um, conflict on the Bill Maher show, and and like, I think the the way he phrased it is, you can criticize bad ideas, um, which you know isn't necessarily criticizing an entire religion, but right. you can criticize bad ideas within a religion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, like Sam Harris is pretty. Yeah, I think he's pretty. It's uh, sometimes he's another guy that, and everybody's you know, everybody's got their thing. Like it, you would be hard pressed to listen to somebody and agree with absolutely every single thing that they, they say. And like right. Sam Harris is another one for me where sometimes he says stuff and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like he's way smarter than I am, but I, he just hasn't convinced me, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. Do you think that, um, that's just, such
1: a good, such a good question. And it's so, it, it, it is so relevant. So deep. Cause really that, 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 uh, that debate I was listening to between, he and Jordan Peterson, that that was their main argument was that Sam Harris kind of seems to believe that religion has done more harm than good yeah, in, on society. And Jordan Peterson was kind of arguing that religion does so much good because people having something to believe in pushes them toward a more moral lifestyle. Right. Sam Harris was trying to basically, uh, basically carve out his, his case that, that you don't have to have a religious background to have a, a, a moral guidance. Yeah. And and in in fact, that not only do you not have to have it, but that it actually could do more harm because you walk around believing in things that are irrational, that can't possibly be true. And then you act upon those beliefs, you end up doing things that,
2: yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of of debate, unintended
1: consequences that religion has had. Right, right. I didn't
0: listen to that debate, but um, kind of what I've gathered from it, from what I've heard, is uh, they were sort of debating the Enlightenment, right? Like, um, the idea of um, where people get the rules of, like, don't murder, don't steal... Things like that, right? Is that kind of what the debate Uh, was? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So because that goes back to the Ten Commandments, and or some of it does, right? Yes. So whether or not it's like human nature, or did it come from the idea of like religion? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's that's a crazy uh, point. Was that it's it's human nature? Like you know, it's not right to kill people. mm -hmm. You know, it's not right to steal and rape and murder. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, anybody. If you ask anybody, doesn't matter who they are. What do you not want to happen to you? Well, you don't want people to break into your house. You don't want people to steal your stuff. You don't want people to hurt you. Yeah. And I mean, in and, and, and the libertarian party that people say, don't hurt people. Don't take people. Don't take people's stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if you break it all those the are down basically to that, the, those the, are the only two rules. Yeah. You can have other, you can have other rules for your own personal life. You can yeah. have rules in your own house. Yeah. But when it comes down to like all of society, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. So that yeah. seems kind of, it seems like it goes without saying that most people would agree on that. Um, yeah. And I and I think that's probably true, but then again there are other societies where you know, like, like tribal societies where it's actually a virtue to, to kill. Right, right. And they saw it in a completely different way. It wasn't it wasn't like naturally inborn into them. Almost, or maybe or it. it was just that they had some really twisted ideas that were taught to them when they were young and they believed those all their life. Yeah. So it's a little hard to tell if it's if it's natural mm-hmm. if those if that morality is naturally born into us or not. And I don't think I mean some of these things can is these can go on forever because I can listen to both sides of that and see a lot of good points. Right. So I'm back to your question. I mean, did, does, uh, what, what effect does religion have on society? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, I, I think that the church does more good things. I I think the, the presence of the church is still an important part of American life. Yeah. Um, But I don't, but I'm not going to go so far to, as some, some of the conservatives on the right where they think that's, That's all there is. And anybody who's not part of that is doing it wrong.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of what makes you like we were talking about earlier, you know, that's what makes you libertarian is you're more center. So you're not going to identify with somebody who's like extreme in that manner. But uh, I guess the reason why I asked you is uh, I heard an interesting um, discussion and I can't tell you who it was from or what podcast I was listening to or what thing I was listening to. But um. The idea is that uh, more and more in our country, people are turning away from religion, like there are more and more atheists or agnostics, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's creating a hole in um people's lives and they're filling it with um ideologies like uh Mm -hmm. political ideologies and that's why you see like a lot of this uh marxism and things like this like uh something to believe in right right right. and and they believe in it like a religion like it's it's absolute truth and they're not gonna listen to somebody else uh criticize it you know um which i don't know i kind of find it to be pretty accurate, uh, just based on uh, observation, you know, uh, I don't think there's any like data or anything on it, but it just seems, seems like it's, uh,
1: it's true. Yeah. Um, That that makes so much sense. And I think it it applies to all of, all of politics in general, Mm -hmm. whether it's the the right left spectrum, the Republicans versus Democrats, or whether it's libertarianism or Marxism on, on the extremes. Um, I think that's, totally true i mean yeah that's a really healthy way to look at
0: it actually because uh, you know i like i i guess i was coming at it uh, even just asking you the question as like uh criticizing one specific group but you're right like i i feel like i'm right you know like i feel like my beliefs are right and um i'm trying to be as open-minded as i can and trying mm-hmm. to grow and everything so i guess uh that's the whole point of me even doing this podcast is talking to people and like challenging things and like that's a that's a good perspective is like maybe the way i'm looking at things is a little bit too aggressive or a little too uh like um religious i guess so yeah that's interesting do you feel do you feel that way about yourself or uh what do you mean do you feel feel like uh you feel like you're pretty open to like changing
1: yeah i i do and actually actually before i before i joined the libertarian party um i was really hesitant for a long time to even Call myself anything with a label. I, I didn't want to be. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to call myself a Republican or a Democrat or even a Libertarian, even though I had explored a lot of Libertarian ideas. Basically, knew what they believed and sided with with the Libertarian uh, philosophy on a lot of issues. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to wear that label to where I felt like like I was married to it, where I had yeah. to uh, take the the Libertarian stance on everything, or like yeah. take the the right wing stance on everything, or the left wing stance. And I think so many people do that, and it's always. It's something I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. and uh, it
0: feels so tribal. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, like the whole. I, I mean, especially when you're a libertarian and your your whole uh, i ideology is based on freedom. It's like the freedom to right. be able to change ideas. To, yeah, you know? and to just it,
1: it's 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 really it's really freeing to to not be on one side or the other because then you can actually listen to the news you can watch what's going on you can hear the issues you can hear different people debate and you can listen to both and and you can form opinions mm-hmm. without having your your just without being swayed by what you hear so much and that's that's I think that's kind of the beauty of being independent being a free thinker yeah and so to join a party kind of felt like maybe that was going against that or yeah. maybe I was going to lose some of that and I feel that way about pretty much anything in life I feel like if if I uh, call myself a Christian, then I'm stuck on those certain beliefs that, I mean, these are the basic things that a Christian believes. I either don't believe that. And so I'm not really one of them or, or I adhere to that. And then I don't let myself stray from that. And yeah. to me, that's a, that's, that's a kind of an anti-liberal way of thinking and the same thing with politics. Um, so I was really hesitant to, to join a party. I've been really hesitant to do a lot of things where I feel like I'm jumping in and having to to be something, whether it's me or not. Um, and over the last few years I have been going to church and I have joined a political party. Um, so it's something I've had to kind of, um, I've had to sort of reconcile in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's always, uh, there's always a little bit of a battle there. And I think those kinds of those different being involved in different things in life kind of keep me balanced. Yeah. Or if my whole life was all church, uh, I would, I think it would throw off my balance. If it was all politics, I think that would throw off the balance. If I'm, if I'm all business, no family, no, you know, no, no fun that throws off the balance. So I think maybe this is just my way of really trying to discover like the parts of me that are most important and trying to keep it all there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: It's interesting, especially when you like, um, sometimes you hear these stories about people who get, who are like in a really bad situation and they get involved in like religion, like, um, you know specifically like a uh christianity or like catholicism or something and they like changed their life and then that's what they're all about and that's what keeps them straight
1: it's like um mm-hmm. you know like when you're yeah hear it's about, like an all or nothing thing like you yeah. have to do that full 180 turn and yeah, never look back
0: and that person probably couldn't um live the life that you live necessarily just because they probably need like a really strong focus in one thing to keep them straight so mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're uh so you were hesitant to join the Libertarian Party, but you're are you happy with it so far? I know you just you said you just joined this year, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's still new and it's still I I've, I've learned a ton about how how politics actually works from the inside, which is which is great. Uh being able to be involved in something, I think is better than not being involved. Especially it gives you yeah. definitely gives you more of a voice and it gives you more of a right to to talk too rather than yeah. just I, I, you, you wouldn't believe how many your friends. Oh yeah, when you I drink, mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> get I, mean, drunk and I mean, there's a there's a time friends. and place for that. Yeah I've, yeah, I've actually maybe maybe being involved with a political group is something that I was kind of lacking in my life because I I used to just be hanging out with any group and start talking about politics whether yeah. anybody wanted to or not. Yeah, yeah. Now if I'm hanging out with libertarians, uh, we can have a conversation. We're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to start that up. It's already there. You yeah. Know? So I have, I have that outlet now. Yeah. I, I have a lot of, you don't have to wait till you're like four beers in and like, yeah. And yeah. then just start ranting <laughs> and, then, and then people, will, you know, don't know if they should start arguing with me or just kind of let me talk or. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well,
0: you're like, you're not off putting at all. So like the, when you start saying things, it's not, it's, you know there are people that are really abrasive.
1: Oh, and some people, yeah. some people love that. And there's and there's there's that in the Libertarian Party, just like anywhere else. Yeah, but that, yeah, some of those people are, are. I would
0: even say like Ben Shapiro is kind of like that because I I kind of group him in with the the Libertarian side because he mm-hmm. he actually criticizes the Trump administration like pretty consistently. Yeah, and I th- um, I think I mean,
1: that gives me a lot of respect for Ben Shapiro because yeah. there's. So many, uh, like commentators like Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, where they're, they're really just cheerleaders for, for a political party. Right. I mean, right. they're gonna, they're gonna do everything they can to convince the public, that Democrats are the enemy and the Republicans are the heroes. Yeah. And th- there's no nuance to that. There's no, let's look at the situation and try to find the actual truth. Yeah. There's, there's no, let's look at what Trump did today and yeah. there's and a giant say whether we like it or not, whether, we're, whether we support that or yeah, not. There's a giant it's, field of gray area that they're just oh, like yeah. ignoring. Yeah. They're just like
0: running on the sidelines, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. And,
1: and Trump doesn't really fit into the box either. So No, he's not even really a Republican. He wasn't really. That's why no, nobody really it, expected uh, him to actually get the Republican nomination and become
2: yeah.
1: like the the face of the Republican Party. So like when he did kind of take that role... Then people like Hannity and you know yeah. Rush Limbaugh like had to like jump on and be mm-hmm. like okay now we have to back this guy hundred percent yeah and you don't yeah. have to but, yeah but that's, yeah, that's what that's they the,
0: do like love or hate Shapiro at least he's consistent mm-hmm. you know which is nice yeah but
1: he's pretty abrasive and I've, so, I've I've, I've yeah. actually really gotten a lot <laughs> out of listening to Glenn Beck these days too I know uh, some people yeah, just remember really him when he was on Fox and he's actually he's actually changed a lot. He's he's really He started
0: his own like a uh, company, right? Like yeah.
1: news company and stuff. Yeah, he yeah. runs his own uh, media company, so he's completely independent from the left right thing. Okay. He doesn't really he's and maybe he's maybe he's kind of like me. I can relate to him a lot cuz he he doesn't he never calls himself a libertarian, but he's had libertarian guests on on his show that are, you know, candidates running for office um and basically his views are are they're, they're so much in line with mine. Yeah. It's, so.
0: it's, uh, it's actually pretty interesting cause it's hard to argue like, all right, just get government out of my life and let me live the way I want to live. You know, like the, this to me, that seems like such a silly thing to argue, you know, it does like, like for some reason it turns into alt right or like racist or mm-hmm. something. But it's like, like it, if you're just letting people live their lives, like it, like logically it just sing, seems to me like things are gonna work themselves out.
1: It shouldn't way. be as controversial as it really is. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean it, it seems that's I think that's part of that opportunity I saw too, when, you know, seeing seeing kind of the, the growing uh, animosity of the of the of the public against the, the establishment and the status quo, but also seeing just the opportunity that there are a lot of people that think the way the way you're just saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, they're, yeah,
1: they're somewhere in between or they or they really just want to be able to live their life and not have the government involved at all. Like, why is that? Why, why does the government have to take your side? If you're if you're a church, if you're a Christian, why do you need the government to protect you all the time? Right. Or if you're a businessman, same thing. Why, why can't you just run your business, live yeah. your life? The
0: only thing that should be protected is like like you were saying, like uh, life and like, or, you know, like just, or not just life, but like a uh, physical harm. Right. Your own safety
1: or yeah. and, and and then like fraud in there too. Right. Like I yeah. think when it comes to business, I think, I think there should be protection against fraud. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying well, yeah, take that away all regulations to where. People can just rip people off all the time because right. that's obviously it, not a good thing. But fraud
0: is kind of like you were saying, like, the, you know, it's it's theft. A, it's right. theft yeah. You know? Like when you it's, have all these shady yeah.
1: companies that are, you know, mm-hmm. telemarketers calling you're, and
0: you're stealing people's money. Basically. Yeah, yeah. They're just
1: finding ways to creative ways to steal money. So, yeah.
0: Which is, uh, which can be an argument for a lot of government programs too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like you, could, yeah. you can make a, an argument that the that our own government is doing that. You know, taxation is theft is kind of the I guess the idea behind that. But right, um, right, yeah, which is like uh, more and more becoming a frustrating thing for me. You know, like when I uh, the older you get and you start seeing like the money taken out of your paycheck, like your money being taken out. And then you start trying to look like find where it's going. You're like, where, how is that helping me, my community, um, mm-hmm. my country? Like where, where is that going? And it's, there's so much of it taken and you really see the like very little benefits out of it. You know? Yeah, it's
1: true. Yeah. I mean, just just look at the, the public sector compared to the private sector. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like NASA used to be, used to be like dominating the space industry. They used to be some they had the smartest people working for them and they were so good at what they did, but that right. was like 50 years ago now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what they did like flying to the moon was amazing in the 1960s yeah. when they barely even had computers, Right. but, but nothing's happened since then. Right. And they haven't really done anything since. It's right. like, so you like compare that to, to what, uh, you know, like Elon Musk's companies do. Yeah, I mean, it was so much more. You, you, they, they innovate so much more. They have to manage money better. Um, I mean, just everything, everything happens in the with innovators in the private sector. Yeah, you the paychecks only
0: coming if you deliver. Where right. in in, right. in the government, it's like it, the paychecks coming regardless. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. the the has gone.
1: Yeah. Um, Sounds like a, like a post office reference right there. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that was, that's yeah. another thing I was thinking of.
0: Yeah. Like post office or like DMV. You, like, do you want the DMV, like handing out prescription drugs? You know, like <laughs> that's just like, that's a scary thought to it me. It is. It really is. As soon
1: as you have the government run an entire industry, yeah, you just get, you get people that are, um, they, they don't have to do a good job. Right, they're just they're just there. You're gonna have people carrying
0: paid. clipboards, making tons of money, and they don't have
1: to be efficient. Yeah, they don't have to be innovative. They can mm-hmm. keep doing. They can they can keep doing things with you yeah. know fax machines and. Yeah.
0: We're starting to rant a little bit, but you know I think people get the get the idea think, <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, that's cool. So uh, so what are your do you have uh, plans on um, like expanding your libertarian prowess? Or, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but are you, uh, are, are you planning on like moving up in the party to the, to
1: the point where you think you're going to run for something or are you, you know, I don't, I don't really have any, any ambitions to run for office. Yeah. So a lot of people join a political party cause that's kind of their, their stepping stone, kind of their mm-hmm. launch point. Uh, I really don't have any, I've never really considered running for anything. I yeah. mean, even like state assembly or anything like that, it just doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but it's not really an ambition of mine. I, I, I think being involved in that kind of the whole movement as a whole, you know, getting involved at the political level with the party is, is part of that. Um, but I'm really more interested in like cultural movements. Yeah. So, uh, so to me being involved in the party is like a way to help spread kind of the message and and grow the the whole movement. Yeah. I think that's pretty important right now. Even bigger than the libertarian party, which is actually still really small growing fast, but still really small. Uh, there's a larger liberty movement that's got a lot of the, the intellectual dark web, some of the best minds mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, some amazing uh, people putting out some some podcasts and books and having some really, really deep intellectual discussions. I think that's being being part of all of that, too. Not just at the political level, I think is is kind of where my interest is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the state party goes, I, I was able to meet everybody quickly. Uh, I, I got the county the the county affiliate started at least so we can start to do some, some outreach and maybe some community activities, which, which would be good. Yeah. Kind of a good way to just keep the, the message out there and, and keep meeting people and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as running, uh, for anything, it would probably just be at the organizational level. Okay. It's leadership in the you party somewhere.
0: Yeah. The fire will start and then you'll just,
1: uh, just, just recently it. they asked, they asked, <laughs> actually asked me to, to join the the california uh libertarian party's historical preservation committee so at the, the national level they have that it's a way to kind of just keep keep all the records and the history of the party intact so that when when you know the when people move on and new people come in you don't have to reinvent things over and over again ah uh, okay and just kind of to, to retain kind of what it, what the the message is too and where it came yeah. from how it's evolved so i'm, I'm going to be working with um some really highly qualified people at the state level to do some of that. How old is
0: the Libertarian Party?
1: Uh, about 40 years. Really? 1970. I want to say it was 1972. Okay. When they first organized. That's interesting.
0: So that's when people first probably started to see, like, the ridiculousness of the left and right, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, what you were talking about, well, like, the libertarian movement and the idea that it it includes left and right. And then the, um, you know, the discussions, these like deep discussions by intellectuals that are being had is really important because, um, sometimes I look at what's happening, uh, with, especially like the freedom of speech battle. Um, you know, like it's, I don't have anything against um, like liberals or anything. Like I said, I kind of consider myself a classic liberal. Like I've been Mm -hmm. liberal for a while. Uh, But when you kind of start seeing these like Marxist kind of ideas pop up, it's kind of scary. Really?
1: It really is. And it's really gotten crazy over the last couple of years too, which is maybe what's kind of launched me more into this as well. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I like, like we, we went to high school together. Right. We, We grew up in, in the, the era of like Marilyn Manson and Eminem yeah. and Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. was like, if you wanted to make it in media, you had to like really push the boundaries Yeah, and offending people was kind of like the name of the game. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I look back sometimes. I wonder how did we get from there to here right Where now? You can't even have an opinion Dude, have, it, without the, having to apologize for it. I always make the reference so of like,
0: weird. um, if, of, I would love to see somebody try to reboot or remake a Mel Brooks movie nowadays
1: seriously there's so many movies yeah. that couldn't even happen now oh yeah i mean things that people that people know okay it's a joke right you can't even but you can't say that now because you do and you got to apologize for it yeah and, and the, I, the I think interesting I, I think it is dangerous i really do I, it's been bothering me a lot yeah
0: the interesting thing about it too is like a lot of in a lot of these instances like if you were to like consider a mel brooks movie right where like like blazing saddles where they use mm-hmm. you know the n-word like consistently through the movie but like they're mocking f- the use of it. Like, you oh, know, yeah. it's yeah. almost like, a, like it's, it, you're, you're like making fun of the type of person that would use it in a racist way. Right. So you're, you're actually like, you're kind of battling
1: for the peop- like the people who are, who are against using that kind of language. Right. Yeah. Cause so I mean, it, it, pretty much everything that comes out of Hollywood comes from the left. So at the mm-hmm. time, yeah, they were, they were like, Combating with an in artistic and comedic way, they're kind of combating what they saw wrong with the world around right. them. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's and in uh, that time, things were more extreme in some ways than than now. Yeah. yeah we, we have oh, it was way worse.
0: Like, yeah. There's never been, um, I like, and I hundred percent believe this. There's never been a better time or place in history than the the United States now. There, it's it. You, no matter how bad people think that they have it. Like go back 20, 30, 40 years and like whatever minority group or oppressed group that you think you're a part of, it was way worse then. And I'm not saying that we're perfect now. Like there's, there's things wrong now, but like to try and, and play it out, like we're horrible and we're not making progress is silly. Like that's a silly thought. It is. I know.
1: And, and actually Uh, it's coming from
0: two white males, obviously, but (laughs) But honestly, like I, this, even just like looking at the way, like my, um uh, my family acts and thinks like just, you know, like I live in a bubble and I know I do, but go back in the 1960s and get sprayed with a water hose, like being a minority, you know, like that things are different now. Way different. Yeah.
1: And we've and we've only been around to see the last couple few decades, really. Uh-huh. But just in our in our lifetime, I mean, we can see the changes even just, just since we were in high school, which really doesn't feel like that long ago. But right, we look right. and it's like, yeah. I mean, you remember the kind of gay jokes that were thrown all over the place, dude? I used to twenty call years people, ago. You I used
0: to call people a fag on the regular, right? And now, it, like was now, just sometimes saying that on my sometimes podcast. it was to be mean. I mean, all yeah. the
1: bullies at school talk uh-huh. that way all the time. Yeah. If you want to you want to say something rude to somebody, say something mean to somebody, you call them a fag. Yeah. Now nobody even does that. No, it, it's like totally unacceptable everywhere.
0: I feel uncomfortable saying it in the context that I said it on my own podcast. Like, you you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just it's not like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It, it's, it it's really weirdo, is. We've
1: we've lived to see that, that that go from being so normal to so taboo. Right. And and then just so you just rewind and, back and, a little bit before and rightfully, us, and rightfully
0: so, because like back when we were in you know going to high school, like. Especially living in a in a conservative town like, gay people definitely did not have a good life here in Visalia. No. That like if you were gay, you were you were not treated right. And I'm not saying that you're treated a hundred percent right today. Like it, you know it's and it sucks that you even have to kind of like defend yourself in, in saying something like this, mm-hmm. but like we've definitely made progress is progress yeah, and the
1: same could be can be applied to to women and mm-hmm. and the way women are treated i mean you just listen listen to music from i mean I listen to a lot of classic rock and i mean even stuff from the late eighties mm-hmm. which you know i wasn't i mean I wasn't young in the late eighties i'm not I'm not from that era, but still it's not that long ago i yeah. mean that was we we were born at least i mean it was that yeah. was in our lifetimes, but I mean, they were just the, the way they the way they like talked about women and the way they talked about getting women and all these things were just so. I mean, you you, you hear that now and it's like yeah, it, you I notice guess, it so much.
0: I guess the problem is like you can't acknowledge these things right now without people assuming that like you think that things are perfect for everybody. Mm. Like I don't think that things are perfect right. for everybody, and I think that there's still like a ways to go but uh it's just like interesting that you can't even acknowledge that we've made progress because that makes you like privileged or Mm -hmm. racist or whatever it's like no, i'm not saying that like i like i know that like racism still exists and sexism sexism still exists yeah and that like there are things that we can definitely fix and still progress on but i think so too but to pretend that like that were like uh, some horrible oppressive country is like super silly. I think But
1: by the way, some people will talk though. It almost sounds like, like they believe that we've gone backwards. Right. Like, yeah. That's like the thing that bothers me. Like you have to yeah. find, you have to look pretty hard to find these like white nationalist, you know, neo-Nazi groups. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know any, I don't. Yeah. I don't know none. any either. Yeah. And we live in a fairly conservative part of California. Yeah. I mean, it's still California. I've never confirmed it, but I don't I, know. the. I don't know these people. I've never I,
0: confirmed it, but I've heard that uh, at one point the Grand Wizard of the KKK lived in Visalia. Did I, you ever I hear that heard rumor? Something like that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it, it should Visalia be pretty racist here. had a here. big
1: KKK presence. <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh, here. Yeah, Visalia, Visalia definitely had a oh, like, a Klan presence, I didn't even but it was know. A, okay. I mean, yeah. So some of that history did. Um, like, like uh, I think the effects can still be seen. Yeah. Because I remember uh, when I used to see like like local basketball games the The team from Hanford was always mostly black,
2: right? The ones yeah. from
1: Visalia weren't, yeah. And I kind of wonder, I wonder why that is. I mean, they're just down the street from us. Even yeah. Tulare, you know, they've uh, it's, it's Tulare. They, you can see the no, yeah. Difference. All the surrounding, yeah. and it, I guess because the clan was pretty big in Visalia, so the black oh. people would stay away.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And so the history, I mean, it's got, you got to go pretty far back to yeah. to be in that time. But at the same time, it's you know that, that the effects are so long that you yeah. know families and where they grow up and. Yeah. Generations later are still feeling the effects of that. Yeah. So
0: So how about this uh statistic at, like just speaking of um like privileged people or oppressed people, um one thing that I've been hearing circulate around on podcasts and blogs and things that I've read is that I think the number is uh to be in the top one percent of the wealth in the world, you need to make about thirty two thousand dollars. Hmm. Um, which, like, I think is a, I think it's thirty-two thousand was the right number, but like, that's an interesting perspective to take. Like, if you really think that you have it bad. Considering the rest of the world, especially, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is make thirty-two thousand dollars, and you're in the top one percent. There's ninety-nine percent of people in the entire world that have it worse off than you financially. Yeah, if you're making thirty-two thousand dollars, oh, it's
1: amazing. I mean, the 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 kind of access to wealth that we have in America. I just heard another another point somebody made recently that that the the lower like, I, I guess the I don't know if impoverished is the right word, but people on the lower end of the the income spect spectrum in America are better off as far as access to wealth goes than King George was when America started. Really? Yeah. Well, that being I mean, be think an about interesting it. To didn't think have thing to know, like, air conditioning. Uh, oh, oh I mean, yeah,
0: that's true. Right. Yeah. Huh.
1: I mean, there's still a lot of houses, um, that like just have plumbing. swamp coolers and not yeah. really a good central AC. Yeah. But I mean, things like that. It's like, I mean, everybody, People who make less yeah. than thirty-two thousand dollars a year have iPhones. They have they yeah. have internet. They have access to so much technology. Yeah, um, we're really really. I mean, it's hard to hard <laughs> to pay your bills. Hard to hard to make things work. Yeah, um, you know you got to work hard for what you have, but you still have way more than than king george had. Yeah. In the 1700s.
0: Yeah. I I guess that's interesting about perspective and it's kind of it would be hard for somebody like me to um really appreciate it cuz like you know obviously I grew up in like an awesome house and like I have a good job now and like I do well. So it's really hard for me to understand what it's like to have less than what I have. Mm. But um and I can definitely acknowledge that. Uh but just like, you know, anybody can kind of try and put themselves in a mindset of some, like, you know, somebody who like say lives in a hut, some bit, somewhere in like uh South Africa or something with uh, like no TV, no air conditioning, literally a hut. Like even inside of their house is a dirt floor. Like, dude, I, I don't know. I just feel like we're, we're doing pretty no, we well. We don't know here. people
1: who live that, that way here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you hear people complain about how they can Mm not afford life and it's a real, it's a real thing. I mean, I I know what it's, but, uh, but still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've really grown in, in my age. I've really grown to appreciate, uh, because you know, like there was, uh, and I, I said this over and over with Brian yesterday too, was, uh, there was a a period of time, especially in my early twenties where I just was like, dude, uh, America is so oppressive, where the like we're you know it's the devil yeah we oppress other countries and it's and you know and some of that is is probably a little bit true are like we're a little bit of a bully i think um we police way too much things like that which are all i think pretty libertarian views um mm-hmm. but uh and and i think we could do less of that but uh like overall like there's there's got to be something that we've done right for this many people to be like doing as well as we are in comparison to the rest of the world. Yep. And, and
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That makes a really good case for uh, classical liberal ideals Mm because the country was founded on, um, on capitalism and democracy for the most part. Right. And look at how, how we became in, in a really short amount, relatively short amount of time became the most powerful and most wealthy country in the world. So it shows that we were doing something right. Right. A lot of the socialists are looking at other countries that are doing really well, like Sweden. And they forget that they, they actually built a lot of wealth through capitalism too. Right. Before they switched to more of a welfare state and transitioned more into socialism. Yeah. Well,
2: even
0: today there's still a market system, right? Like they're. I think so. Yeah. yeah, They're like the government. It's not even
1: true socialism.
0: Yeah. The government doesn't control their, their markets. Like they still have like, they're able to own their own businesses and, and things like that. Although it's like a high tax. uh, Yeah. Very high tax
1: and, and a lot of government run programs for the people. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and I think kind of like, like you were saying is, uh, um, since they become a little bit more socialist leaning, like with social programs, they've actually started to lose a a significant amount of that wealth Mm -hmm. too, I think. So, yep. Um, yeah I don't know. Uh, I like I think we're doing well here and like it, like I don't want to come off as like a privileged whatever. and it's just sad that you even have to like preface you know a thought like that because it really it, like the, the exchange of ideas, as long as they're good ideas is really like easy and fun, you know like, mm-hmm. like I like being challenged and uh, as long as it's not in an aggressive way and it's with something that I can understand, like that makes sense to me. Right. So, um, so it's been a really good conversation. Uh, is there, we're, we're right about an hour. We can actually keep going if you'd like for a little bit longer. I'm going to pee <laughs> <laughs> and get another drink. Um, so do you want to keep going or no, let's take a break? Take a break. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at least pause here and then. And that was it. That was episode 12 of Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel. Coming in hot with that political commentary. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. Sorry it wasn't uh, filled with a lot of jokes or anything. But it's pretty informative, especially uh, what's going on with the Libertarian Party in California. Uh, It was was cool to talk to John, and I hope to stay in contact with him and, and learn even more from him. I'm gonna actually tag on another 20 minutes of conversation that we had after uh, this first recording, and if you were smart enough to listen to all the way to the outro, then you know that it's coming, and that is a massive raging bonus for you. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I love you. Bye.
1: Oh yeah. All right. So I'm back on. All right. Um.
0: So yeah. Let's see. Uh, we're back. And let's talk, I guess, I don't know, I'd, the whole reason why I wanted to bring you on mainly was because you're so involved with the Libertarian Party. So is there anything um, that uh, you want to talk about regarding that? I know we've covered quite a bit, but.
1: Uh, we, one thing we didn't, we didn't touch on was right when I first started getting involved, like I was, I, I, I was talking about how I kind of just uh, showed up at the, at the convention, met a bunch of people, and that was kind of my, my way to jump in. But I did the exact same thing at Freedom Fest in Vegas, which was awesome. I saw. Well, that's cool. What is? Um, I
0: don't even know what Freedom Fest is.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, they have it. They have it at the same hotel every year, I think. Um, I think they've they've done it at um, one hotel and switched to another, but it was at the at the Paris Resort. Oh okay. Um, but I mean, I just, I, I just saw that I saw that Gary Johnson was going to be there, and a lot of a lot of the Libertarian Party people, but they have a lot of other um, kind of more conservative leaning people too from the from the right. Um, so it's supposed to be a nonpartisan conference, but it's definitely, um, liberty leaning. There's a lot of, a lot of think tanks are there. Um, so anyway, I I did this exact same thing where I emailed the organizers and they got me on as a volunteer and I actually got to just kind of hang out, make my rounds. It's like a, it's like a trade show for the Liberty movement on there's like a floor where there's booths set up everywhere, but they have speakers and they have breakout sessions going on all day for like three days straight. Uh, on all different different topics um so i i I got to i got to meet gary johnson actually right when i got there just kind of ran into him and um,
0: did he seem like a stoner
1: no not at all (laughs) no he was a super nice guy he had a great sense of humor he was really cool uh, okay. Just a totally real person, just a, like a true independent free thinker in politics, which okay. is so it's so refreshing to see that. Yeah, I, I think he's awesome. Yeah, uh, some some libertarians. Yeah, I like you know, him that, too.
0: He's a little goofy. He,
1: but, he is. A, he can be a little goofy, but he's but he's like totally him. real and he's yeah. passionate. So the goofiness is just that side of him that's just he right, doesn't hide. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he he got up and spoke a couple of times, and he gets all energetic and. It, it, it's great. I, uh, yeah. That's cool. I'd like I'd to, to see pretty that energetic. I, I'd love to see more people like that. I mean, he yeah. Just, yeah, he gets so, he's so full of passion and yeah. So his, his big thing is, uh, I mean, he had a, uh, stop the duopoly rally. Oh, so, okay. That's um, cool. He's, he's has this organization called our America initiative. I don't think he actually started it, but he came, became kind of the, the head of it for a while. And one of their big campaigns they were on was trying to, uh, fight against the two party system. So it wasn't inside the Libertarian Party at all. It's a separate uh, political organization or just a nonprofit organization. Uh, but they they sued the commission on presidential debates. Yeah, I actually heard about that. Because w- they didn't allow him to be in, de- in, in the debates. Uh-huh. And he was trying to change that going forward. So seeing stuff like that happen was actually part of what really inspired me to get involved. Because I was yeah. thinking, I really want to see that happen. I really want to see by the next time we're in the middle of a political cycle and everybody's taking a side... I want to see three people on that stage. Yeah. I want to see a point of view that's not Republican or Democrat. That's actually getting the the chance to that, that way. Cause the, the left is always going to take the left perspective and the right's going to take the right perspective. Yeah, It's like, do I you, you hear even somebody need to get watch there the debate? and say, yeah. yeah, we should stop spending so much and we should stop fighting wars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, w- I want somebody up there to say
0: taking a left and right. Like, 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 Kind of cherry picking the the correct or not correct. Yeah. Just, looking for the right answer yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, every yeah.
1: issue rather yeah. than taking one side or the other. Yeah. And it'd be awesome if they would have let him. Yeah. You almost
0: don't even need to watch political debates anymore because you just like know what they're going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: It's just who's better at it than, than the other. Who's more charismatic? Who's, who's more charismatic? Who speaks a little bit more to the people, but they all have the same viewpoints really. Right. So, who's who's better at articulating that? Who's better at representing their their party's philosophy? Yeah.
0: Do you think um, do you think that it's going to happen at a high level like that, or do you think that it needs to grow from like the local level and kind of grow out? I think I that's what's like going to have to happen. Yeah, I really do. I think too. it's
1: going to have to be kind of a bottoms up movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I first came on first came on board, I thought I was I was pretty optimistic, and I thought, hey, if they can just let gary johnson in the debates this could like be a game right. changer like it and, like uh, if he
0: if he got a certain percentage of the polls right like he was they would have to let him in in the debates but it's like yeah
1: and it's a moving target they keep changing it first yeah i think i think four years ago they or six years ago now i think they said you get one percent then you meet a, a certain threshold mm-hmm. and then and then he beat that and then the second time around they said it had to be that you had to be pulling at 15 percent or something and he uh. was pulling it but but no matter what they're doing, they're, the the commission on presidential debates was changing the the goalposts. They're mov- mm. moving it out there and making it harder and harder. So basically, it was just it's pretty much rigged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think I, I've what you're saying is is what I've been hearing from a lot of the people that are really heavily involved in the party that it's going to have to be kind of a local movement. I mean, the the Democratic Socialists have been really successful mm-hmm. at getting kind of a grassroots movement. Yeah, I mean and they the got a campaign, Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, I mean she's, they,
0: she's a senator now, right? Yeah, I mean yeah, that's and that came
1: crazy. mostly from the bottom up, like a kind yeah. of a, a populist movement. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to have to happen that way. And uh, so, really, the goals of the party now, instead of instead of um, running for offices that we know we can't win, um, they're trying to focus more on on local level offices or state level or county level that we know we can win. Yeah, and get get enough people um, on your team get enough support, raise enough money, and really hit it hard and get somebody elected to a position that everybody knows is a libertarian. Because um, if that starts happening all over the country, it's it's the beginning of a movement. Right. You know, it's not right. going to happen overnight. We're not yeah. just going to keep uh, saying, hey, everybody vote for Gary Johnson or whoever the presidential candidate is, and then everything's going to change. Because yeah. it just doesn't happen. I mean, we no matter what happens, it, it's still 5% of the vote. Yeah. Maybe maybe someday it'll be fifteen or twenty or twenty five, but it's yeah. not enough to win. Yeah, uh, I um,
0: I was uh, visiting a friend in Sacramento a couple months ago, and um, you know before the uh, the elections that just happened. So um, yeah, whenever that was, but uh, I was at a beer festival and there was this guy roaming around, and uh, I don't remember what office or like what uh what he was running for, but, um, it was like a committee type thing. Mm -hmm. And his committee consisted of, a um, he was a Democrat. Uh, they got a Republican and an independent. It was like a three party committee. Oh, okay. And, and they were all running together on this committee. And I was, I thought that was actually pretty cool. That's really Um, cool. You know, and I feel like that's very libertarian esque. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't live in Sacramento, but I would vote for you if I, if I lived here, just, just, uh, even, even if it was solely just based on that, you know, like, yeah. like three different people with, uh, different points of views, uh, trying to form a committee. Uh, That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Unity is, is one of the biggest things that any, that a movement needs. Yeah. Um, not just having people that think exactly the same as you, but, but, uh, uh but unity of, different thought that yeah. can come together on some of the most important issues instead of having to fight all the time that, Hey, we see this, this whatever thing differently. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm hoping my involvement will bring some of that unity where I can, we can sympathize with people that are left leaning and sympathize with people who are right leaning and realize that we have a lot in common as opposed to, uh, some people who really just want to say, Hey, you're not blah, blah, blah enough. Yeah. You're not, you're not yeah. anarchist enough for our group. Right. If we don't yeah. like you, you. Well, I think that's a, like, that's, <laughs> that's the big, like,
0: I mean, your guys' secret weapon is just liberty, right? Like, I mean, like do whatever you want, just don't affect other people. Yeah. And it's a really, it's yeah. a really good
1: balanced perspective because yeah. it's pro business. Mm-hmm. Most people, you know, we live in a capitalist society that's been successful um, as a capitalist society. So no matter whether you like it or not, you, you work, probably in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And so, so, uh, you know, being pro business is not, shouldn't just be a, a Republican thing. Right. And so, so it's, you know, on that side, it's, there's that. Uh, it, but then when it, it comes to social issues, being permissive, being uh, socially liberal and allowing people to make their own decisions yeah. and taking that out of the government's hands, I don't see why that's so controversial. <laughs> why so many it people really don't like that idea? If you yeah. don't want to smoke pot, you don't have to. It doesn't matter if it's legal. Yeah, you can. I mean, people have been smoking it for a long time. Yeah, and there's it, a it lot of people. Away. It's not gonna go away. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. There's a lot of people not smoking pot that need to.
0: Uh, <laughs> I could say that with a hundred percent certainty. I don't smoke it because it's like it doesn't really work for me. But man, there are some people out there that need it in their life. A
1: hundred percent. Um, well I had the same perspective on, on the like controversy with gay marriage over the years too. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the, the, the conservative Christian viewpoint for a long time was just, and probably still is that, you know, that if we let them get married, then it changes what it, what it means to be married. And then it's a big threat to our whole way of life. Yeah. It, no, it's not. <laughs> you want to get married to somebody and live your life the way you want? Nobody's stopping you. Right. Nobody's right. stopping straight people from doing their thing. Do you, do you think that
0: marriage should be a, um, a, a part of a, like, should it be did
1: the government be involved in marriage? Technically no. no. Right. Cause it's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a religious between based, two people, right? Yeah. I mean, if you make a vow, you make a, a lifelong promise to another person yeah. and you have witnesses, that should be all you need. Right. Why, why does there even have to be a license for it? Right. I mean, I kind of like the, uh, the yeah,
0: the, the license part of it's uh, silly. I, I do kind of like the idea of incentivizing um, the idea of like a family unit, because I think family units are pretty important. Um, yeah. Like when you look at like statistically, you know, like family intact family units produce people that do well in society that is true uh so i like the idea of incentivizing it uh I, you know but i don't know if a hundred percent if government should be involved so i'm not like i'm I not mean, really you think set about set it, on if that.
1: government was never involved in the first place i don't think anybody would really have a problem with that right I mean, that's if, true if the government yeah. never issued licenses for married couples yeah then it wouldn't really matter if 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 a gay couple lives together I mean, it doesn't, it's not a threat. I I don't, I've never seen that as a threat to a a straight couple, um, who's traditional in their values and raises their kids the way they want to. Yeah. I I have some, if you don't like the way other people are doing it, you don't have to be, you don't have to have them in your life. You don't have to go to their house. You don't have to hang out with them if you don't want to.
0: Yeah. I have some, um, Some gay friends that actually, like, I ordained their wedding. I was the officiant. Oh, wow. And, um, like, when Trump was elected, there was um, at least one person in in the marriage was specifically was, like, worried about um, the uh, sanctity of their marriage or, like, whether or not they would still be recognized as being married because, like, you know, Mike Pence was vice
1: president and all this stuff. and yeah so they're just worried about the political ramifications right and my
0: whole thing was like all right let's just say like for some reason like somehow they reverse the law and you guys aren't married under like uh the federal government anymore like would you consider yourselves not married you're still married like all of your friends and family still think you're married yeah, you they, they would
1: take your license away, right? And then if they it would, ever comes down to it on any kind of paperwork, then there might be a legalistic paperwork issue somewhere,
0: right? That's the only. That's the only thing that it would affect. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the rest of us consider you consider you married. Like you're yeah. mar-
1: you're married, and that's something that changed with society's views. It, it, it's something that changed culturally. Mm-hmm. They always say that politics is downstream culture, right? So true. I mean, by the time the right. government ever decides whether they want to be involved or not or what to do about a situation, cultures already decided it. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Way the, before marijuana becomes legal, government at this should be national reflecting level. It's yeah, it, it's a it's a yeah. reflection that's long overdue of yeah. the sentiment of the people that it's supposed to be representing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, government should definitely be reflecting like the the opinion of the people. So I, you know, I, and I get like the fear of, you know, it's going to, um, bring like bigots out of the woodwork kind of a, a, an idea. But, um, I feel like we've gotten to the turning point where it's like those people are going to be casted out, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're embracing the, the gay people. And and the people who aren't embracing them are the, actually the ones that are going to be casted out. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: I mean, it's yeah. kind of like natural selection in a way. It's like social yeah. Darwinism, right? Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Mean, you, yeah. You, you have the right to be a jerk, but yeah, you might have no friends. Right, exactly. I mean, you have to suffer the consequences of your own behavior.
0: Which is, uh, I guess, brings up the the um, the cake argument or mm-hmm. the, the cake debate, right? Like, um, I say don't make them bake the cake but also I, w- I would hope that they would go out of business. You because. would advise them to <laughs>
1: bake the cake. If you right. want to do, if you want to do what's best for your own business, you right, probably should right. bake cakes for people who are willing customers. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's kind of similar to one to buy. People, and especially over a really hot topic. For sure. You're going to get more negative attention than positive and it's going to hurt your business. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time you have the right to ruin your own business. If you yeah. buy.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, um, and I, I have a hard time understanding why you would want to buy a cake from somebody who doesn't want to bake it for you anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know like there's I mean? no other place to go. There's no other options. Yeah. this just the thing with the free market too is in a, and when I'm, uh, there's no government monopoly on bakeries. Yeah. I mean, there might be corporate monopoly in some areas. Maybe right. you have to like go to Baskin Robbins to get a, a cake or you have to go to Panera to get a certain something, right. but yeah. It's like but there are other places you can go and that's how that's how market competition works. Yeah. If people if it's unpopular to refuse to bake a cake for somebody because they're gay, mm-hmm. then those people who refuse that kind of service are not going to be very popular and they're not going to get the business yeah, and they're it's, there's going to be that natural selection in the marketplace. Yeah. And then, I think and then there's
0: the argument of like, well, what if they were black and you didn't want to bake it for them? It's like, cool. Don't bake it well, for them. That's probably going to be even worse. It, it's <laughs> going to do them more. It's going to do them more harm yeah. than,
1: than it will to the people who, whose service was refused. Yeah. It's going to do the a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So um, it might, I mean, it'll hurt I mean, somebody's gran- feelings. Granted, but we do, we do, do live in a bubble, more, I think.
0: Like, you know, if you were like in a southern state where like maybe you, it's a little bit more rampant, like bigotry or racism, like maybe they would survive. But it's going to, I think I would think that it would die out slowly, though. You yeah. know, like they're not going to thrive. That's for sure. They're mm-hmm. not going to be doing really well. Like right. maybe they're survived with like the small population of people that are you know, supporting them, but especially in a place like California, dude, you're done.
1: Nobody's. Oh, (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because culture has changed and in a good way, like we were talking earlier about how liberalism has done so much good, so much good in our society, how, how progress has done so much good in our society that Mm. we've gotten to a point now where 20 years ago, I mean, people were calling each other fags all the time, right? And you just don't, you can't do that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. We right, don't, even, right. we don't think it's funny anymore. Those same right. jokes aren't funny at, that they used to be.
0: Yeah, like it's, it's like it just I, crin- I cringe when I hear it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like,
1: it's because it, <laughs> yeah. it's so many memories too. Like oh, yeah. I remember growing up in those times. I remember yeah. when things used to be like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think that way anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like a lot of progress and a lot of and the effects of liberalism in our country over the years has been, has done so much good and it's continues to keep doing good. It's continues to make life better for p- people of minorities, um, for homosexuals, for women, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I think we need to, um, keep that going. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to do it by a, a top down legislative manner. You know, like when the civil rights movement happened, that was a different time period, a very different time period. And I think people, that were, that were supporting the civil rights movement wanted government to step in and say, Hey, you need to push the needle on this cultural change because we want to see this cultural change. We don't want black people being mistreated. We don't want minorities being stepped on. It's not, it's not fair. It's not right. We don't, we don't want to see this. And so people shouldn't be allowed to act that way.
0: Right. If, uh, if the, climate was not that way then there would have been way more pushback and way more there i mean we probably would have broken out in a civil war type thing right where it i mean not like it was an easy thing to pass and and um you know there was there was still a lot of progress to be made but like when you really think about what the climate was it actually kind of Mm transitions sort of
1: smoothly uh, yeah. Cause the, the society was ready for it. Right. Right. Yeah. And Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew it was actually more politically popular for him to go along with the, the changes in society than to push yeah. back against it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it, I mean, it really was a boiling point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting, uh, times now, man. I like, like I said, it's sometimes I, I think about what's going on, um, as far as like Marxist type, you know, like the hierarchy of oppression and like that whole kind of idea. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of scary because, uh, I, I guess what scares me the most about it is all of their ideas rely on, um, the premise of us giving our government like all the power to do anything, right? Like yeah, uh, redistributing wealth. Well, like who's going to redistribute it? Like the government's going to. Oh, so we have to give all our wealth to the government in
1: order for them and to just trust them and trust do, them to do such a good it. job of, with everything else. Right, with exactly. Public schools and That's the postal, like, postal service, and it's terrifying to me. Like, I <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, if they t- actually had a good record to yeah. back them up, then maybe we could kind of get on board. Be yeah, like, all right, we'll give you some more money and help you, and ho- hope that you manage it well and do good things for us. Yeah, yeah. But since they have a they have a long history of not doing that very well. Yeah. Like, and do you then, really want to give them more?
0: And then, uh, and then, like the the uh, big push of like hate speech and censoring people. It's like. All right. So who's going to write the laws for hate speech? Exactly. You know, it's like, that's man, that's a scary, that's a slippery slope. I don't think anyone, any person should ever be called a racial slur or like feel like, feel like they're being oppressed or anything like that. But do you (laughs) like, uh, do, do you want the, uh, DMV writing your, uh, hate speech laws? You know, like it's like,
1: (laughs) I mean, You see enough laws being passed that you you see the ridiculous in them all, especially when you, when you, if you work in an industry too, and you see the regulatory rules being passed. I mean, I work, I work for a fertilizer company and they laugh all the time when they see like state regulations on (laughs) what you have to label a certain way and why. And they're like, I mean, these are like chemists that I work with, like experts in their field that really know their stuff. And all the all the growers, all the all the suppliers that, that that buy and sell and use this stuff knows what it's for and why, and the government doesn't. But they're the ones making the rules, right? So they're the ones telling you you have to put this label on it, and it's like that doesn't make any sense when we have this other chemical over here that can blow up. Right. You know, it's like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So who has the right to decide what's what's mean? Who has the right to decide what's what's okay to say and what's not? I mean, yeah. if you start taking that away from some people and not others. Yeah. You're really just artificially manipulating the marketplace of ideas and of thought.
0: Yeah. Creating a a social bubble. Yep. Huh. Never really thought about it like that, but I guess you kind of are if you
1: do that. And and you know, market manipulation in the economy never turns out well. No. So why would it in the social economy either?
0: Yeah. It's uh I don't know. It's interesting, a little bit scary, but it is uh um, it's cool to, to talk to somebody like you, who's joining the, like a movement, um, you know, like a libertarian movement. And like I said, it's, it's, uh, what I like about the libertarian movement is that it's f- filled with people left and right, you know, like that's, um, and it's, it's kind of a, seems to be a group of people coming together at least, um, with, uh, uh, like uniting around ideas of like freedom,
1: which is mm-hmm. good, you know. Which really is not. It's not even people. People say the Libertarian Party like it's some new thing or it's some fringe thing or it's no. like way out. It's that one percent. The vote voted for Gary Johnson or whatever. Yeah. But it, these ideas go all the way back to the beginning of American history. Yeah. So to hear conservatives, Republicans saying, you know, we're American. I mean, some of their ideas that they hold on to are newer ideas than the Libertarian ideas. Right well I they mean, don't they say like it's liberals like Thomas Jefferson I mean these are not new ideas right right it's, we need to go back to some of those ideas because they're there's some of what made us successful in the first place
0: during um, big elections isn't it there isn't there only about like 35 percent or something of people in the country that actually vote
1: yeah and, I looked at the Tulare County results and, and it was it was really small it was like I think it was like 30 like I think it was something like 30 uh, 30% of Tulare County was registered to vote oh. and out of the registered voters, 30% of them voted. So really, so you small multiply amount. that and it comes out to something like 10% of Tulare yeah. County decided.
0: So you like wonder if, uh, the reason why people don't vote or at least part of the reason why they don't vote is because they don't feel like they have a good option. So maybe something like a, th- like a third party option would be, um, appealing to them. Interesting. I think that's a good note to end on. We've got another 25 minutes. So we're, we've got an hour 25 and I usually edit it down to about an hour. So cool. Cool. All right.
2: Awesome. Cool. Thanks. uh, Thanks for talking to me.